You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Activate your free Assembly Call membership today at assemblycall.com slash join. That's assemblycall.com slash join. That is how you're a champion. It really is. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's episode of The Assembly Call, your weekly spot on the radio dial for IU basketball discussion and analysis delivered by your friends from The Assembly Call IU postgame show, which you can listen to live after every IU basketball game at assemblycall.com slash live, including tonight's IU Kansas game. We hope you will join us over there for the postgame show. I'm your host, Jared Morris, and I am pumped to have this opportunity to talk IU hoops with you this week. I want you to do something. Remember back to the final buzzer sounding at the end of Indiana's Sweet 16 loss to North Carolina. Remember that? Hoosier fans everywhere immediately started counting down the months until next season. It's in our DNA. It's what we do. And this desire to get the next college basketball season started as soon as possible is especially strong when a game against Kansas beckons to tip off the season. Well, at some point, probably around mid-September, months turn to weeks. Then once Hoosier hysteria hit, weeks turned to days, and now we are mere hours away from our Indiana Hoosiers tipping off against the Jayhawks in the Armed Forces Classic. The game will be shown on ESPN. The time is 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. The stakes are high. Hopes are high. I am so ready to get this season started, and I know you feel the same way. Well, this week's episode of Assembly Call Radio is dedicated to previewing tonight's matchup against Kansas, as well as gauging the national perception of Indiana basketball as we head into the season. And to do that, we have two of the sharpest college basketball minds in the house. Our own Andy Bottoms is here, and we're very pleased to be joined by Gary Parrish of CBS Sports, who has been pretty bullish on the Hoosiers, actually, in the preseason prognostications of his that I have seen. I cannot think of two better guys to get us ready for tonight than Andy and Gary. That's coming up right here on the Assembly Call. First, I do want to give a quick shout-out to our presenting sponsor, Hoosier Proud. If you consider yourself a Hoosier, and not just an IU Hoosier, but someone who is proud to have roots in the great state of Indiana, then you need to check out HoosierProud.com, where they offer a line of t-shirts and accessories that are unmatched for anyone who wants a unique, stylish way to display their pride in being a Hoosier. In fact, we like their product so much that we moved production of our Assembly Call logo t-shirts to Hoosier Proud because they produce high-quality work, they care about their customers, and they take pride in their Indiana roots like we do. Check them out at HoosierProud.com and use the promo code AC to receive a 15% discount on your entire order. That's promo code AC to receive 15% off at HoosierProud.com. All right, let's bring in Andy and Gary and get ready for tonight's big game against Kansas. Gary, welcome to the Assembly Call. Andy and I have uh, both been longtime listeners of your podcast, so it's great to have you on the show to talk some college hoops today. That's really nice. It's my pleasure, man. I hope you guys are okay. Yeah, so, well, I mean, we're doing great because college basketball is about to start and we're Indiana fans, so that's what we look forward to all year. Um, and let's get right to it. I mean, Indiana-Kansas is tonight. What element of this game are you most looking forward to watching? It's the team I picked to win the Big Ten and the, and the team I picked to win the Big 12. So 
when you're talking about, you know, two projected, at least in my opinion, power five champions. Um, and, you know, who knows how many first round draft picks are going to be on the court. I, I think Thomas certainly projects as one. OG certainly projects as one. Josh Jackson certainly projects as one. Maybe Devontae Graham at Kansas. So, you know, two high-level coaches, two blue blood programs, uh, lots of talent, you know, possible, uh, you know, conference champions and Final Four teams. Like, I, I, I can't wait. I'll be at the Veterans Classic in Annapolis doing television work for um, CBS Sports Network. But, you know, on my computer screen, trust, I'll have uh, – I'll have Kansas and, and Indiana streaming, and uh, I'll be paying attention. It'll, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great way to start the season. So you mentioned uh, OG and Thomas a little bit. Maybe we'll touch on both those guys. But you know, one of the things we've talked about a lot on the show recently is whether OG is ready to take that next step to be a go-to option on offense. Uh, showed really well in the second preseason game in particular, and has just been more uh, aggressive. How do you see him evolving in his sophomore season? I do think he's ready for that breakout season. Like, I don't know that he'll be able to replicate what he did in the two exhibitions, if only because I don't know anybody in the country will replicate that. But, um, you know, I was in Bloomington the last preseason, you know, before Thomas had ever played a game at Indiana, before OG had ever played a game at Indiana. I was obviously familiar with Thomas, less familiar with OG because he wasn't, you know, thought of this way coming out of high school. But that staff was really happy what, with what they had seen since he got on campus. And he's caught a little bit of a numbers game in that first year. You know, Indiana had, had upperclassmen who were immensely talented. And so um, I'm not saying he didn't get what he deserved. I'm just saying that he didn't play a, a prominent role. But you could see it. You could see the potential. It's why he started, you know, uh, NBA drafts. Uh, I mean, NBA scouts and you know, uh, executives started you know, really paying attention to him. I know that not just by looking at draft boards, but by actually having conversations with them. And so now, you know, the path is cleared for him. Troy's not there anymore. Yogi's not there anymore. He's going to get more minutes. He's going to get more shots. He's going to get more opportunities. And um, I'll be surprised if he doesn't uh, show himself to be a high-level Big Ten player. I don't know if this will be the year where he averages, you know, 16 points per game and then, you know, goes in the top 10 of the 2017 NBA draft. Um, but I do think he's going to, to have a breakthrough season, and it, it'll probably start against Kansas. So one of the matchups that I think we are, are hoping we see a little bit of is uh, OG against Josh Jackson. Now, I'm not sure how much we'll actually see that if IU comes out and plays three guards. I think you must expect early on it seems like OG would end up on Carlton Bragg for, for a decent amount. But do you think we'll get some opportunities to see those two square off? And, and maybe within that, you know, a quick – idea for people of what they can expect uh, from Josh Jackson? I don't know that Tom's going to want OG guarding Josh, you know, possession after possession after possession and vice versa, uh, because, you know, you like you just those those guys are so talented. Josh, undeniably, I mean, the you know, consensus number one player in the class of two four uh, in the class of 2016. Um, I, I don't know that he'll be the number one pick in the NBA draft. I kind of lean toward Markel Fultz to that, but it, it won't surprise anybody if he is. So, I mean, we're talking about, and I'm not comparing the two, but in terms of recruiting ranking and possible impact, we're talking about Andrew Wiggins, you know, level of, of, of prospect. And I, I don't know that I would want somebody as important as OG guarding him consistently in that first half because, you pick up two fouls early just because Josh is you know, bigger and, 
and and just uh, uh, you know uh, uh, most things that are in, in in terms of natural ability like Josh is good he's just he's naturally gifted and, and physically overwhelming for I think most college basketball players. So I'm, I'm, I think you're more right than wrong. We won't see them uh, matched up often, especially early. I don't, I don't believe, but um, at some point in the game, they're, they're going to end up on each other and that'll be the part of the game. NBA scouts really want to see. I, I love both of these players. Um, uh, you know, Josh is the more heralded prospect, no question. Um, but they're both, I think, going to be very good college players in this year. You're listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Gary Parrish of CBS Sports discussing tonight's Indiana-Kansas matchup. Gary, Kansas tends to be pretty tough defensively, and we know Indiana obviously dealing with replacing Yogi Ferrell, Troy Williams, a lot of really good offensive players who left off last year's team. How should IU attack Kansas uh, on that end of the floor? Well, uh, you know, they, they've got... Kansas does really good college basketball guards. And I, and I say that specifically that way for a reason. I, I'm not sure Devontae Graham's ever going to be a relevant NBA player. Maybe. I'm not ruling it out. I just, I, I'm not sure of it. The way I'm sure Josh Jackson is. The way I, I believe Thomas Bryant will be. Uh, I'm not, I don't know that I think that way about, about Devontae Graham. I, I don't think that way about Frank Mason. But you know, this isn't the NBA. This is college basketball. And, you know, uh, Villanova is a great example. Last year, they had really good guards, uh, college guards. I don't know about pro guards. They had really good college guards, and that was obviously good enough they won a national championship. So the question marks with Kansas, they aren't uh, in the backcourt. That backcourt's tough for this, for this level of the sport. Uh, they're not on the wing because Josh Jackson might be the most talented freshman and, and by extension player in America. Um, I don't know if it'll look that way immediately, but certainly an NBA scout, you could find one to, to tell you that. Um, so the question marks for Kansas are, are around the rim, you know, like, uh, you know, Carlton Bragg is a high level recruit, but he wasn't a good college basketball player last year. He could barely get on the court. She is a, a guy who's been on draft board since the day he enrolled at Kansas, but he, he's never been a, you know, high level college basketball player. So the question marks are, are around the rim. Kansas is going to be good no matter what. I, I don't doubt that for a second, but for Kansas to be great, they're going to need some front court players to do things that they've never done at the Division One level. I think they'll probably be fine um, and be able to do those things, but that's certainly the question going into this. Meanwhile, you know, Indiana's got a, a proven high-level Division One commodity in Thomas Bryant in that front court, and so to me, if you're looking for a, uh, you know, people do those breakdowns where they say coaching matchup and in backcourt matchup and frontcourt matchup where Indiana, I think would probably have uh, an advantage, at least on paper is, is in the frontcourt specifically because of Thomas. And so if you could get him going early, um, that would be ideal. So one last question for you about this game in particular, and then we'll shift to some, some general IU and big 10 topics. Um, you know, you've covered a number of these military events. You're, you're actually headed to one now. Uh, talk about what kind of experience that is for these players and, and what they'll take out of this beyond the game itself. You know, I was on the very first aircraft carrier game uh, out off the coast of San Diego. That was North Carolina and Michigan State. And that was awesome. And you talk about beautiful, like on that carrier. The other thing, and the thing you're touching on, it has been encouraging to see. Because I think sometimes, and I don't know whether this is fair or not, seems unfair actually, but I think sometimes people think basketball players are just basketball players. Like they just, they just want to hoop. 
you know, play video games, get to the NBA. And uh, that, that, certainly those people exist. Um, but every time I've been around a college basketball team, whether it's North Carolina, Michigan State, these, these college teams that are suddenly put in a, into a military setting, the way in which they genuinely interact, show real curiosity, um, this, uh, demonstrate actual appreciation has been really um, – it, it, it makes you walk away feeling, feeling good about, about the, the, the kids that you write about um, because they, they really tend to blow away the stereotypes uh, to the extent that any of these stereotypes exist. Um, I, I think you saw that. You know, the, you know, in the past couple of days, if you followed what was going on with the Indiana and, and Kansas and, and Michigan State players um, and Arizona players, you know, out in, out in Hawaii, like, they were really engaged, like, at doing things, like, seeing things, uh, seeing history, learning. And um, that's, that's always uh, an awesome thing to happen. And uh, I've said this for a long time. There are undeniably a lot of, I don't want to limit it to college basketball, just college athletes who might not be in college if not for the sport that they play. Uh, they might not have dreamed of going to college. Their parents might not have gone to college. Um, but, but because they're gifted in, in, in whatever area athletically, they end up on a college campus. And you know, sometimes you, you just stumble into experiences that – you might not have known you, uh, you were interested in, but you become interested in them over time. I saw it over and over again as a beat writer when I covered the University of Memphis basketball team for, for five straight years. You know, these kids, a lot of them come from, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know where you guys come from, but, like, they, they don't come from where I came from. They didn't grow up in the same neighborhoods. They didn't grow up with the same advantages, um, certainly, that, that uh, I had and, and absolutely that my own children have. And maybe they never cared about school. Maybe they never cared about academics. But they're only in school because they can play college basketball. And then you look up two years later, and you're only two years away from a, um, you know, a degree. And, and you watch these people really change a lot. The same way I changed a lot, and I assume you guys changed a lot, from the age of 17 to 18 to 21, 22. And, and you exit that environment with some incredible life experiences, but also for an appreciation of things that, you maybe other wouldn't have appreciated without college athletics. And this is what we see with these military associated games, just a small but significant aspect of that. I don't know that any of these kids cared inherently care about the history of Pearl Harbor or inherently care about uh, what's happening on a day-to-day basis at the Naval Academy, but basketball takes them to these places. It exposes them to these things. And, and, and my experience is watching them, just sort of observing, has been that once they're exposed to it, they seem to walk away with a genuine appreciation. And that's, like I said, always, always cool to see. Yeah. Coming up, we'll get Gary's thoughts on the national perception of Indiana basketball. That's next on the Assembly Call. Stay with us.
This is the Assembly Call presented by Hoosier Proud. I'm your host, Jared Morris, here with my co-host, Andy Bottoms, and our special guest, Gary Parrish of CBS Sports. We just spent some time previewing Indiana's big big matchup tonight against Kansas. If you missed that segment, go to our website, assemblycall.com, and you can get caught up on the podcast. It's already posted there for you. Uh, now we're going to turn our attention to the big picture, to season-long matters. And Gary, you know, I hyper-focus on Indiana, as I know a lot of our listeners do, so I don't always have a great grasp on what the national perception of Indiana basketball and Tom Crean is. How would you describe it, and maybe within the context of tonight's game, what's the next step for Indiana to get on the level of a Kansas? Because ultimately, that's what all Indiana fans hope for. Sure. Um, well, how about this? Let me ask you a question first. What's the perception locally? Uh, I think Tom Crean ha- is enjoying the most support that he has from IU fans, to me, in his tenure. Uh, that's how I really feel, the way that last season ended. And, uh, Andy can jump in if he disagrees, but that's just kind of the tenor that, I'm, that I kind of feel. That's, that's good to hear, because I, I think he should be. Um, I think you guys know, if you listen to the podcast, if you, you read anything I've ever written, um, particularly the story I did last preseason on Tom, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Like I, I, I like him on a personal level. I don't try to hide that. Um, I like his family. I, I like his wife. You know, I've gotten to know all of them on, on a, a certain level, certainly Tom better than, than, than Joni, but like, um, you know, I, I, I know I've gotten to know them all and, um, I really find it to be an impressive family. Um, I, I, t- I find Tom to be, uh, incredibly likable and, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't want to get too personal, but like, you know, my wife and I, I don't even know if, if you guys would know or anybody listening would know, but we, you know, we, we lost a child uh, earlier this year. And, I, I, you know, when that happens, obviously you're going to hear from all sorts of people and, and the response is, is overwhelming. Um, but I say that only to say uh, that Tom not only checked in immediately, but has, has probably checked in as consistently as any like really any person I know, like, um, just, you know, nothing crazy, just a text message here and there. How's your wife doing? You know, how, 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 how the kids doing? And, um, he gains nothing from that. Uh, but I, I, I get that. Like, and I don't think that's cause I've had this conversation with other people who know Tom well. And, um, cause I, I recognize as I'm saying this out loud, there's gotta be somebody out there who's saying, well, of course he's doing it. He's playing the media. This is what college basketball coaches do. And I hear you because that is true in some cases. I'm not denying that, but it doesn't feel like that's what that this was ever about. Now he's got another side to him, you know that that exists. Uh, I, I don't deny that, but I'm just saying he's got this really uh, uh, generous and in in side that's filled with empathy and and um, you know when you see the stories, some of these things that have gone viral that you've seen with him, like. I don't, I don't even remember the details, but like he was at the, on the side of a road, like maybe praying with somebody. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was something where he was by yeah, like, a McDonald's like, with a homeless guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that's not fake. Like that's really him. And, um, and so like, I, I like the guy and, and I think he's a, an obviously accomplished basketball coach. And so to watch he and his family go through some of the, I won't say whether it's unfair or fair criticism. That, that's probably not my place to say. I'll, I'll let I'll let Indiana fans decide that. But certainly harsh, and 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 often like wild criticism. I told the story in that story last preseason where his daughter, who was a student at IU, was in a class. It was like April first. It was April Fool's Day. 
And the professor walks into the class and says, hey, before we get started, um, just some breaking news if you haven't heard, Tom Crean, you know, Indiana fired Tom Crean today. And the crowd erupts in, in cheers. And his daughter sitting in the class, and then the professor goes, "Hi, ah, April Fools, April Fools," and the, it's and the class goes, "Ah, oh, it's really like it's ridiculous on a lot of different levels. A, that a professor would think that's funny. I don't get that. Uh, but secondly, like you either are paying so little attention to your enrollment that uh, that you don't know Tom Crean's daughter is sitting there, which is just in, unbelievable to me, or you know she's sitting there and you did that anyway." Which is even more unbelievable to me. Like I, so they, there's no good scenario there. Either the professor who did that is is clueless to his class and his enrollment, never noticed that somebody named Crean in his class and connected those dots, or um, he knew it and did that anyway, which I think is like uh, unforgivable. So um, you know, hearing these stories, you know, the Tom uh, the Tom Crean sucks chant at his kid's basketball game, and I know that was done by high school kids and I was a high school kid once I know how high school kids can be uh they don't know what they're doing they they, they think being funny or cool or whatever I, I I do forgive them because they're 16 years old but to watch them go through like that's not easy I don't care how much money you make I don't care how big your house is I don't care how nice your car is like that's, that's that that makes for a tough day-to-day life and I'm not asking anybody to feel sorry for Tom Crean I'm just saying that's a weird existence and you really have to figure out a way to block it out. And I think Tom finally did. Um, but to watch him have that season last year and quiet a lot of skeptics, um, I thought was it was one of the things that I enjoyed seeing more than, than anything else in college basketball last year. And now he's got a very good chance to, to win a second consecutive Big Ten title. Like, I'm picking them to win a second consecutive Big Ten title. Recruiting seems to have um, – you know, stabilize and reach the level where this isn't going to go away. And I know they went through a bad year after being a number one overall seed and getting bounced in the Sweet 16. But that was just, in a, you know, a 40 minutes game in a single elimination tournament against Syracuse that went the wrong way. And then they lost two underclassmen to the NBA draft. And that's, that's not hard to overcome. That's very hard to overcome for almost anybody outside of maybe schools that recruit like Kentucky and Duke. Uh, in recent years, and so, but 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 they recovered. You know, they won the outright title last we last season. I got a chance to do it again, and so I think I don't want to pretend that people around the country view Indiana basketball at this moment the way they view Kentucky basketball or Duke basketball, but it's certainly right there in that next level, like one of the one of the fifteen uh, best basketball programs in America. And let me be clear, maybe that's not good enough for Indiana fans. But I would I would argue that if you can run a a, a college basketball program that that looks like it's going to consistently be you know a top fifteen program and have a shot to win a power five league you know year in and year out on some level and if you can do that you by definition have a shot to maybe make a final four every once in a while that that's that's a hell of a that's a hell of a nice deal you know you ask UCLA if they take that right now mm-hmm. um, you know ask, and, and so I I, I think the I think the perception of Indiana basketball, it, it doesn't match what it was maybe, you know, in the heyday of Bob Knight, but it's probably never going to be that again, no matter who your coach is. And so uh, things are going well, all things considered. I, I hope Indiana fans recognize that because uh, speaking as an outsider, and I, I say that um, sincerely, like I understand I'm speaking as an outsider, but uh, you got a, a good a good coach 
in tr- running a good program, and that, that should not be taken for granted because if you ever start to take it for granted and think that it can't go the wrong way on you, well, like, you know, Kentucky fans thought that it couldn't go the wrong way on them once upon a time. And they pushed out Tubby Smith, and they got Billy Gillespie. Now they recovered with John Calipari, but, you know, don't ever think that, that your program is so good and, 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 and covered in history and tradition and advantages that it can't slip significantly because we've seen it happen to Kentucky at times. We've seen it happen to North Carolina under Matt Doherty just briefly. We've seen it happen to UCLA. Um, and, and it can happen to, and if it can happen to them, it can happen to anybody. And that's all the time we have for this week's episode of the Assembly Call. Make sure you join us at assemblycall.com slash live tonight, immediately following IU Kansas. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you next week. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.